0: What's up, Compass? It is so good to be with you. Let me tell you a story. Michelle and I, my wife, were in Florida. We're at a wedding. And the wedding was like one of those destination weddings, and I got to preside over it. So let me just tell you, anyone out there, you want to do a destination wedding, you're looking for a guy to be able to do that wedding, I'm in, just pay for the trip, it's all good. So there we go, so Michelle and I are in Florida, and, uh, and Michelle comes alongside, like, middle of the trip, and she's like, hey, what do you think about jumping out of an airplane? What do you think about, like, going parachuting? Now, I, I don't know about you, but in that moment, the first thought was like, did I do something wrong? Like, is it ready to die? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't know what Michelle was going on, I-, I didn't know what was going through her head, but my response to her in that moment was, if you're in, I'm in. Like, let's do this together. So then this is what happens, right? So then you, you, you kind of go to where the parachute training place is, and you go through some training. You say a lot of yeses. You say a lot of noes. You say, I'm not going to sue you if I die. You sign your life away. And, and then it was the moment we got out of this facility, and we walked Onto like the uh, like like where the air airplane was, and I'm looking at this airplane, and I'm going no way, like it's like a six passenger airplane, the door can't even shut on this thing, and I'm going there like it was another moment of like I right, does my wife want me to die? Are we okay relationally? like what in the world is going on and and here's the reality so you see the plane and you see the pilot now this is going to tell a little bit of my, my, about my age that I remember the A-team way back when and they had a pilot on the A-team called Murdoch and Murdoch was like a crazy pilot but I'm telling you this guy looked like Murdoch so I'm going all right I'm getting this plane that I think we're going to crash anyway thankfully I have a parachute on right and, and then this guy's like, this pilot's crazy. And then I'm looking over to Michelle, and I'm like, uh, like there was that pause of his, as a dad. There was like the pause. And I was like, Michelle, we have three kids, and we're going to go up into this airplane. Life is on the line. Like, have you thought about, like, what happens if this whole thing crashes? You know, like, maybe we should do, like, separate planes or something, you know? And once again, my response to her was this, though. If you're in, I'm in. Let's do this together. Let's do it. In church, I'll probably tell you the rest of the experience at a later time as we jumped out of that airplane. The good news is, hey, I'm here. My wife is here, so we're still alive. But here's the main point of the story. That as Michelle invited me into this incredible adventure, I got to experience something that I never would have if I was not invited in. If we did not commit to doing this adventure together, I never would have been able to experience jumping out of an airplane, like feeling the wind fluttering my whole face. I never would have been able to feel the experience of landing with this parachute thing. Like, I never would have been able to experience it. And I'm wondering church I'm wondering compass what would it be like if we together live a life, live our lives all out for God what, what if we were a church like what would what would become of the city if together we lived life all out for God Last week I, I introduced this to you so I'll just mention it here what if we had this mob mentality of living a life all out for God, of encouraging one another to share our faith, of of gathering together and serving our communities, serving our neighborhoods, having families come together in our homes. What would it be like? What would the city of Phoenix be like if we lived a life all out for God? And as we enter, as we continue this series, We're entering into our second week, and we're gonna focus on our relationship with God because the reality is that's where it starts. It starts with our decision to follow Jesus. It starts with our decision and our relationship with God. So open up your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19. Yes, if you're in your homes, right, grab it off the shelf, take it off the bookcase, open it up to 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's get in the Word of God uh, together as we look at one of the most difficult days in the life of a man named Elijah. Now, Elijah is one of my favorite guys in the Bible, one of my favorite characters. So much respect for this guy. Like I can't wait to have conversations with him in heaven. And and, and we're going to go into one of the most difficult days in his life because this is what we know when it comes to our relationship with God. It's when life is difficult, It's when we go through the tough times that our relationship with God sweetens, that our relationship with God becomes this this precious, trusting relationship with all that God has for us. And we're gonna see this in the text. We're gonna see that God carries us through the tough times. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. What I know is most likely you're in a tough time or you're about to be in a tough time because tough times come. That's just the reality and we have choices to make. Will we pursue? Will we trust God in the midst of the difficulty? Will we press in or will we walk or step back? And this week, I'm looking so forward to this. We put a podcast together for this week so you can discuss this in your homes. You can discuss some of the difficult times in your homes, whether you have a family, a young family, you can discuss that, whether you're single, invite a couple friends over, whether you're older, you know, whatever it is, just just begin to have these conversations about how God carries us through the tough times. I mean, think of COVID-19. I mean, we're in the midst of a difficult time. I mean, think about how frustrating it was, right, as we had to step back in COVID-19, as we wanna press further in. We're going through tough times. This time as the church, it's, it's time to come together. It's time to encourage each other. It's time to be in this together. So let's step in, First Kings chapter 19, starting at verse one, says this. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. All right, Jezebel, man, she is a tough queen. She is one of the most evil queens, one of the most evil queens in all of the Bible, and she is tough. In fact, if you look in scripture, if you just do a little Bible study on Jezebel, you see in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 4, that Jezebel killed a lot of the prophets of God. So Jezebel was on this mission of killing any prophet of God. If you look at 1 Kings chapter 21, you can do your own study on Namath in the vineyard. I mean, she is just incredibly evil. And then Ahab's life is summarized in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 25. It says this about Jezebel. There was none who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord, like Ahab, who's her husband, right, or the king of of Israel, whom Jezebel, his wife, incited. So Jezebel is behind all of these things, behind all this evil that Ahab is doing. So Jezebel says to Elijah, after what you've done, we'll get into that a little bit, after what you've done, I'm going for your life. Within 24 hours, you're going to die. That's what Elijah is dealing with at this point. Let's look at verse 3 as the story continues. So then he, Elijah, was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which, uh, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, think about this. This is really crucial as you look at the scriptures. Look at what he does at the end of verse 3. He leaves his servant there and then starts the journey alone don't miss that because that's what we want to do in difficult times don't we we want to leave the people out let me struggle with this temptation alone let me leave this small group out because I need to deal with this alone I'm not in a good place with God so I need to deal with it alone and we leave people out this is exactly what Elijah does Like, note that, highlight that, and what's our series all about? Doing life together, living a life all out for Jesus together. Verse 4, but he himself, so Elijah, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. I mean, can you picture that? Can you imagine what this was like for Elijah? He leaves his servant, he goes off alone, he's running for his life. He, he's at this breaking point. He, he's at this point in his life. I mean, I don't know if you've have, have ever been there, but he's at this crucial moment where he's just, he gets to this point where he's like, Lord, just take my life. I can't do it anymore. I can't go on. I mean, Elijah gets to this incredibly bad place, this this place of despair. I mean, think about this. A good man, a prophet of God in a bad place. And it can happen to all of us. It can happen to you and to me, and I want you to think about what this is like. Because the reality is, Elijah just comes off of one of the greatest, like most powerful moments that we see in scripture, like a top 10 moment in scripture where Elijah prays, fire comes down from heaven and, and burns like, up the sacrifice, it's an amazing moment. And in that moment, you can read it in 1 Kings chapter 18, right? 400 prophets of Baal, like, all get slaughtered. Like, they, they just go through this frenzy. So, you would think Elijah's, like, in this highlight. Like, Elijah's in this moment where he's like, oh, my word, I just saw God work powerfully. And yet, in the midst of the highlight, he hears that his life is on the line and he goes to one of his lowest points. I mean, let's think about that. Let's think about that for ourselves. Let's Let's open up our eyes to the situations that we go through. Let's open up our eyes to the challenges that we face don't be surprised that out of one of your highlights can become one of your lowest of lowlights. I can't tell you how many times I've baptized people, and then within a week, they talk to me about going through one of the most difficult times in their life. Like, like I've seen this time and time again where we take a step of faith for Jesus. right? We, we, we take a step, we, we leave everything behind, and all of a sudden we have trouble, we have difficulty, and we're like, what in the world are you doing, God? Like, Elijah's in this, in this moment. And let's just think about, let's just kind of apply this a little bit to our life. So what can bring us to that bad place? As we think about our life, what can bring us to a bad place? Let me just, let me just highlight four of them. A major victory. This is what Elijah's going through. A major victory. Here's the second. Just physical exhaustion. I, I mean, it just leads us to bad places. I mean, think of as I think of the coronavirus, as I think of right, this journey with it all. Right, we're just physically exhausted. Right? You're just like, man, what in the world? Will this continue? And it leads us to bad places. It leads us to, be, to do things, to behave in ways that we never would have behaved before. It leads us to say things or write emails to, things that, to people that we never would have said before. Let's come together, church. Let's come together at this time. Let's, let's show this world the hope that we have. It can come to relational conflict over time. I mean, think of the racial tensions that we live in today. The relational conflict that has gone on for hundreds of years. This isn't like, I mean, we got to step into this. We got to process. We got to help. We got to love one another. We got to work through these conflicts because it can bring us to a really bad place in life. Major victory, physical exhaustion, relational conflicts, and then ultimately disappointment. You just get disappointed in somebody, you get disappointed in your relationship with God. And it leads good people to bad places. It leads Elijah to a really tough, bad place. It leads us to tough places. So here's where we're going, right? And here's where we're going to finish up. So how does God respond? So when we're in this crisis, when we're in these bad places, right? When we're depressed, when we're in these places of, like, we want to do something wrong, right? How does God respond? When we want to give up, what does God do? Look at the text. Because what God shows us is God carries us through. God carries us through. Look at verse 5. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and were and went in the strength of the of the food of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. I mean, do you see what God does? God sends. God sends this angel. And look at the details of what God does. I just, I just love this. It's not cold bread, it's warm bread on these hot coals. I mean the preciousness of God in this moment, right? Elijah's in this place of like, God, take my life, I'm done, I wanna quit, like how does God respond? He says, let me tell you something. Let me give you some food. Let me give you some water. Let let me get into the basics. Let me provide for you. It just shows this precious picture of, of our awesome God. And, and it also does this with Elijah. If you look at 1 Kings 17 and you look at Elijah's life, this bread and, and, this, and this picture, it brings Elijah back to some of the, the moments in his life, some of his beginning moments of life. It brings him back to his highlights. And, and we, we gotta apply this. God carries us through the tough times. And the first thing that we need to do as we go through tough times is we have to remember the highlights. We have to remember those moments that we look back and we see are powerful. We have to remember our baptisms. We have to remember a mission trip that we went on. We have to remember those moments that God showed up. We have to remember the commitments that we've made. We have to remember the highlights. I was on a hike with my family and we were hiking up a Mount, I believe it was Quandary, which is out in Colorado, it's a 14er. And uh, we were uh, hiking up and we started off on the journey and I was, with, uh, I was with my whole family. So my three kids were with me and my wife and we were with another family. And we got about, we got all like up to like the crest of, of one of the mountains and I thought it was actually the top. And we got to this and my son, who was younger at the time, was like, are we there dad, are we there? Like we, we accomplished it. And I'm like, oh, man, no, we haven't. Like, it's way up there, like way up there at the top. And so we kept going. And my son, as time went on, just got exhausted and got exhausted and started getting, like, some heat exhaustion and some altitude sickness. And so we were almost to the top, and my son could not go on any longer. Now, you're going to get to know me at this point. Like, I'm a finisher. So you start something, you finish it right? Like like you start a race, you finish it. You start a hike, you finish it. I'm a very driven person. And, and so I'm here I am with my son. And my son is just broken. He just can't go on. Like he, he's just at this place. And, and I remember uh, pulling off of the trail and saying to the rest of my family, just go on up. Just go on up the rest of the day. I'm just, I'm just going to stay with Micah. And I remember at that point, like, Micah was just so, so done. Uh, He was younger at the time, and he just crawled up in my arms, and I I just held him. And and I had this moment because I just started to weep. And and I started to weep not because, honestly, I mean, there was this moment with my son that was incredibly precious. But as well as God gave me this picture that, Ron, you need to crawl up in my arms. You need to sit in my lap and not think that you have to finish everything. You don't go after like, I don't love you because of what you do, I love you because of you. And it's a moment that I go back to even now, to remember the precious love of God. Remember the highlights. God carries us through the tough times, remember the highlights in a second, hold on, To who God is. Look at first Kings 19, starting again at verse 9. And so then he came to a cave. So Elijah finally comes to this cave. So then he came to a cave and looked in it, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Can you imagine that moment? Verse 10. So he said, So Elijah said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand. And so God, and so so he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by I mean, can you imagine that moment? Here Elijah's like, I'm the only one left. I, I'm, like, I want to die, Lord. Like, I want to be done. I want to quit. And the Lord, what, is, what does God do in that moment? God reveals himself, right? God, God says, look at who I am. But God's not, right? God's not in the strong wind. God's not in the earthquake. God's in the fire. But in this low whisper. And God shows up in his presence. Is so powerful in that moment. People, as we think of being together, living a life all out for God, we've got to dig deep in our relationship with God and we got to know who He is. We have to know more and more of who He is. We got to dive into Scripture to know more of who God is. So, in the difficult times, we hold on to the promises, we hold on to Him, we hold on to the, the true one and only God. And if you want to know who God is, maybe you're listening in and and you're trying to figure God out. If you want to know God, know Jesus. If you want to know what God does and how God responds, know Jesus because Jesus himself is God. And Jesus loved us so much that he died on that cross, was raised again three days later to prove who he is. We want to know God. God carries us through the tough times. Get to know him. Press in. Church, let's dig deeper. In the midst of COVID-19, let's press into God. Let's press into one another. Let's get to know him in it. Here's the third thing. Remember, realize you're not alone. You're not alone. If you look back once again at the text, you just see Elijah's like, I'm all alone, I'm the only one left, all these kind of things. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. He repeats the same thing. And the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel Medola, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall, uh, shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave you thousand. I will leave you seven thousand in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal. In every month that has not, in every mouth that has not kissed him, he's not alone. Elijah thinks he's in the wilderness. He's all alone. He thinks no one's left. And God says, oh, There's people. There's people that are left. There's a remnant. There's 7,000 prophets. There's Jehu. There's another. There's Elisha who's going to come up and, and you're going to mentor him and you're going to let go of your ministry to Elisha. Like, 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 you're not alone in the midst of the difficult times. God carries us. The tough times. And if we want to live a life all out for God together, we have to press into our relationship with Him. It starts right there, it starts with our relationship and our decision about Jesus Christ and what He's done. And, and I want you to think about this. I don't know where you're at in life, maybe you're at a place where you need to be carried right now. I mean, maybe you're at one of those moments that Elijah was where you want to give up. Can I just say to you, God carries you through. You're not alone. I want to end uh, with a video, and it's a video that comes from the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. And there's a man named Derek Redman. You're going to see him start the race He's one of, uh, he's, he's from Britain, he's one of the best runners, honestly. He's pursuing gold, he's in the semifinals. And in the midst, and you're gonna see this, in the midst of the race, he pulls his hamstring. But watch what happens after he pulls his hamstring. Here's the video for you. Tom Hammond and Craig Massback back at Olympic Stadium in Barcelona, coming up to the men's 400 meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redmond of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redmond is out. Derek Redmond, the British record holder, and an important member of that British 4 x 400 meter relay team, as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running which you have to respect a bizarre finish to this first semifinal in the men's 400 meters. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch. He's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. throughout Olympic Stadium as Redmond with assistance this time approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit. For some of you, I mean, you're like Derek Redmond. You're pulling up, and you're broken. And you're limping through. And you don't know how you're going to get through the next day. You don't know how you're going to get through the next moment. God the Father does not stay distant. God the Father comes near. And he holds on to you. And he will bring you through. Philippians 1, 6 says he will finish it for us. When you're at those broken places, when you're at those places where you don't know what's next, God is with you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. And if you're at that place, if you know of somebody, know God is near and will bring you to the end. He'll help you. He'll come alongside. He'll be the father that he is to all of us. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for, honestly, you. Thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for loving us no matter what. Lord, some of us, honestly, are broken. Some of us are in this race of life, and we're pulling up short. And Lord Jesus, you have come near and you pick us up, and you walk with us, and you come alongside, and you pick us up, and you carry us in the difficult times, and you carry us to the end, that day, that we will all be together, every, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, praising the name of Jesus. Lord, we long for that, and until then, thank you for meeting us in our difficult times. Lord, I just pray for those that are in a difficult time. Lord Jesus, help them, strengthen them. Give them hope. Give them peace. Give them a strength that only comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray.